bought that home for $650,000. We did $80,000 in rehab to it. We sold it for a million dollars cash to an out-of-state buyer. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's, project's a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is a show where we talk about the best real estate investing advice ever that our guest has. And on the show, we've had many amazing guests. We've had Robert Kiyosaki from Rich Dad Poor Dad, Barbara Corcoran from Shark Tank. And today, pleased to say we have Kathy Kennenbrook. How you doing, Kathy? Wonderful. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And Kathy is based in Bradenton. Did I say that right, Florida? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, and she is known as the Marketing Magic Lady. She's bought and sold hundreds of properties with none of her own money or credit. We're going to get to the bottom of that and learn exactly how the heck she's doing that. She has shared the stage with a lot of people that you've probably heard of, from Dr. Phil to Donald Trump and many others. She's co-authored several books, one of them being The Venus Approach, to real estate investing, and her specialty is finding qualified and motivated buyers, sellers, and lenders. And non real estate related, she is four foot seven or no, four foot eleven. I was shortchanging you. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was shortchanging you by four four inches. Uh, she is four foot eleven and a mother of two. So, with that being said, Kathy, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now? Absolutely. Welcome, everyone. Well, I live on the west coast of Florida, as you mentioned, and I've been buying, selling, and holding real estate properties for more than seventeen years now. Prior to getting into real estate investing, I worked in the financial sector for about 20 years. 
um, lots and lots of hours, lots and lots of travel. And I got really burned out of the corporate scene. And then I got into real estate investing from a late night infomercial. (laughs) And my specialty at this point is primarily single family homes, but we do other types of deals if the numbers make sense. And so we've bought townhomes, we've bought condos, we've bought wobbly boxes, as we call those mobile homes down here in Florida, Um, duplexes, triplexes, we've done vacant land deals. We buy in wholesale, we fix and flip, we hold properties long term through work for equity, rentals, and lease options. So we do a lot of different things in the real estate investing sector, and we work with a lot of different kinds of motivated sellers. And although I implement several types of marketing, my expertise is primarily in direct mail marketing, and that's where we find the majority of our deals. And to be totally truthful, I am the country's leading expert on finding motivated sellers using direct mail marketing and and some other types of just really unique marketing tools. What are some of the unique marketing tools that you use? We do a lot with flyers. We do sponsorships. We work with auction companies. Um, So after the heirs can sign items to the auction companies to be sold, the auction company will call us and let us know that that house might be for sale. Um, So we get into some really niche other types of areas. We use our vendors, for example. Our vendors bring us lots of deals. Folks, you need to be working with your vendors. My roofing company probably brings me a deal every single month because those are folks that are out there and they're seeing stuff that you would never see otherwise. We also use our tenants to bring us deals. We use a tenant referral program. And so these are a lot of different types of marketing that a lot of folks just might not be thinking about, and a lot of them are free. Yeah, you mentioned uh, flyers, sponsorships, auction companies, vendors, tenant referral programs. Let's dig into some of those. So with flyers, is that similar to your direct mail, but you're placing them in certain places? And if so, where are you placing them? No, they're totally different. The direct mail marketing is kind of the the backbone of our business. When we do flyers, we actually hire that out. In the early days, we actually would carry a backpack and lay flyers door-to-door ourselves. That was a long time ago. We hire all of that out now. So we actually have folks who work for us who actually lay flyers door to door, um, letting people know that we buy houses and, you know, in a lot of different kinds of situation in short. But um, very simply, finding, finding motivated sellers is the backbone of any real estate investor's business. And you need to have between three and five different marketing techniques in place at all times. And one of them definitely has to be targeted direct mail. Direct mail marketing is a machine. And you'll locate the sellers that nobody else knows about and who simply won't get your message in any other way. And the secret to a a successful direct mail campaign is having a letter that's specific to the type of seller that you're targeting, using a very targeted, reputable list, and then including a response mechanism in the body of the letter that gives the seller the opportunity to provide you with all the information that you need in order to determine whether or not there's a deal there to be made. And I have to say, that's the big place where a lot of investors fall away. They just don't do this. And this way, if you put a response mechanism in the body of the letter, when you get the response to your mailing, the responses are already pre-screened for you. So if you're a new investor, folks, this is a huge help to you. And if you're a seasoned investor, having all that information about the deal right in front of you before you ever have the first conversation with that seller saves you a ton of time in your business. And that's what makes targeted direct mail the way that I do it truly unique to everything else that's out there. 
And there are some specific types of sellers that we like to target. For example, out-of-state owners, quit-claim deeds, estates, probate properties, military transfers are awesome, multifamily units, vacant properties, and that's just to name a few. So it's pretty awesome. Direct mail is just a machine, and it's a machine that will just churn out deal after deal after deal after deal. Right. Yeah. And I, I agree. I think direct mail is definitely a great approach and clearly you have it down to a science <laughs> um, and, and an art. I want to go back to some of the unique marketing tools that you mentioned before that, though, where you said flyers. And I just want to go through that sure. list and, and get some more context around that. So the next thing you said were sponsorships. What do you do with sponsorships? There's a lot of different things. We work with a promotional company. And so, for example, if there's an event or a parade in our area, we will provide balloons for them to give out to the kids. And, of course, those balloons have all of our information on them. And so sometimes you'll get a new spot, you know, and you'll there'll all be all these little kids holding on to your balloons and say, we buy houses and our phone number on them. Um, apparel is another really great way to find some awesome deals. Warning there, don't walk into Walmart or Home Depot unless you have a lot of time on your hands with a We Buy House a shirt on because <laughs> we get stopped like several different times. Something else that we do is we have, we'll actually provide candy and on the outside of the candy it'll say, you know, let's make a sweet deal and it'll have our information and phone number on the wrapper and we provide those, for example, to mortgage companies, title companies, you know, businesses with offices, uh, the unemployment office, places like that and they'll simply put our candy out on their counters for people to grab. So there's a lot of really unique stuff out there. We also do banners, for example, like ball fields where there's soccer games and baseball games like in the public parks and so forth. They'll let you hang a banner, and they're very inexpensive. And they'll let you hang a banner with your information and, and so forth. Or you can sponsor. We've sponsored teams, you know, like a Little League and soccer teams. And, the, you know, we provide the shirts for them. And on the back of the shirt is the information about our company and what we do. So that's just some ways to use sponsorships. That'll, you're providing a public service, but you're also bringing new deals into your business. Yeah, it's interesting. I never thought of the unemployment office, but that's a that's a great location because oh, you're going to definitely have motivated oh, yeah. buyers and sellers or sellers. We do that. Title companies, um, storage facilities, same thing. You've got people, you know, putting their stuff in storage because they're moving. So again, just little niche kind of unique sorts of ideas that a lot of your competitors aren't thinking about. You mentioned auction companies and how if the company has a house that might be for sale, they'll share it with you. Why would they do that instead of sending it to auction? Because the auction companies I'm talking about are the auction companies that you go to on like a Friday or Saturday night and you buy stuff. Um, You know, they have all kinds of things for sale. Well, what happens is heirs, for example, will inherit a house and it's loaded with stuff. They will call a local auction company and they will consign all of those items to the auction house for them to sell. These auction houses don't sell houses. They sell stuff. And so what happens is I've created relationships with the owners of these, of these auction companies, and they will call me when they have someone who can sign stuff, you know, who's an heir, and they can sign stuff to the auction. And the auction company will call me and say, hey, you might want to call these folks. They may want to sell this house as well. And then what we do is we send a nice bonus check to the auction company if we end up buying that house. And that happens fairly often. And you mentioned vendors. You gave the example of the roofing company. What are some other companies or vendors that you work with, and what is the incentive or payment structure with them? Okay, so 
anybody that I work with. So, for example, my son works for one of the local cable companies, and so he's out there seeing things that nobody else sees. Again, the roofer, as I mentioned, your pest control company, anybody who does cleaning for you, survey companies, you know, any of those kind of vendors that you use in your business. And basically what I do is I cut them a check for $500 if we buy a property. As a matter of fact, one of the fellows that works for the company that does all of our rehab found a house recently, and he called me up and said, you need to get over here and check this out. And I did. I drove over, and he introduced me to the lady, and we bought the house. And so I wrote him a check for $500, and he was just amazed. You know, he thought that was really awesome. So we basically, you know, we just write them a check for like four or $500, you know, as a bonus for bringing us that deal. And we have folks that are very motivated to do that. They're basically, what they're doing is they're out there bird-dogging for you. My tenants bring me properties. I have a tenant who works at Home Depot, and she brings me leads fairly regularly. So these are great ways for you to get additional leads into your pipeline that you would never find out about otherwise. And do you use the same referral program with your tenants, the four to $500 if you close? No. What I do with my tenants is a discount on their rent, and it's a specific discount on their rent if we buy the property. And when we close, the next month they get that discount on their rent. I actually have one greedy little tenant <laughs> who has taken full advantage of this program, and she actually went knocking on doors. And we ended up buying three other properties on the same streets that she lives on. Wow. And is that usually what? Uh, is it 500 off the rent or is it is scaled differently where they get a free month's rent? It's scaled differently and they get like they get like 20 or 30% off of their following month rent. So if their rent, for example, is you know $900, they'll get like $300 off. And that's a pretty significant amount. Kathy, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Well, my best real estate advice ever would be simply to get out there and get started. There are so many deals out there. And very simply, finding the highly motivated sellers is the backbone of a real estate investor's business. And once again, you need to have between three and five different marketing techniques at all times. And one of them has to be targeted direct mail. Folks, direct mail marketing is a machine. And once again, you're going to locate the sellers that nobody else knows about and who won't get your message in any other way. So don't procrastinate. Get out there, get a deal done, and start you know, working on your deals and, and moving forward. How much does it cost to get a direct mail campaign in place? It's not too bad. Basically, when we got started, we were doing about 50 letters a week. And so that's pretty negligible. When you think about it, it's about 79 cents. If, you fact, if you're doing it yourself, you factor in the paper, the envelope, you know, the actual copying of the letter and the postage. So when we first got started, we were sending out only about 50 letters a week. It was just a simply a roll of stamps every week, you know, or half a roll of stamps every week. And we were generating deals. And if you've been in the real estate investing business for a while and you're a seasoned investor, this is an awesome way for you to bring tons of new deals into your pipeline. So it really isn't that expensive. And basically, when folks work with me, we provide the list brokers for them. And a lot of the ways for folks to get the list is very inexpensive. You can actually go to your property appraiser's office or assessor's office or whatever that's called where you live and get these lists from them. The list that we get from our property appraiser's office costs about $50 for a list that we're going to continue to use for a full year. 
So direct mail marketing is very inexpensive when you factor in the number of deals that you're going to be able to do from this. And honestly, direct mail marketing is a machine. Not only are you cultivating deals that are coming in today, but you're constantly sowing seeds for future deals. And direct mail marketing is very, very unique in that way. When you're looking at a deal and you've got a motivated seller, what do you use to determine which direction you take it? Because you you mentioned that you do a whole lot of different strategies from fix and flip to buy and hold to many other things. Basically, when the seller contacts me and I have all the information in front of me and the seller and I come to an agreement on the deal, your exit strategy is determined at the time that you get the deal. And so there are a lot of things that factor into that. For example, sometimes a seller will simply deed me a property for the balance of the mortgage. So that's a property that I'm probably going to hold on to for a while. So that's something I'm probably going to rent or lease option and so forth. Sometimes I'll get a property that's icky. (laughs) If it's in an area that I don't particularly like to play in, that's a property I'm going to wholesale. If it's a property that needs some rehab but it's not terrible, that's a property that I might sell as a work for equity. Sometimes there's a property that needs a lot of work, and we have the best rehab crew ever. And frankly, I'm a little bit greedy, and I kind of want the whole paycheck. So we'll send our crew in there, so we buy rehab and retail. So we do quite a bit, you know, and I look at each phase of my business, where I am in a particular month or a particular year to determine, you know, do I need some more properties for monthly income? Do I want to retail some? And and that's one of the things that's very unique with direct mail marketing is you can always change your plan as your business grows and changes along the way. So I'm getting older now and looking more toward retirement. So we're really doing a little bit more types of properties where we're we're holding properties and so forth to, to gain more monthly income and put more money away toward retirement, you know, and gain more equity and so forth so that when we resell those properties later, you know, that'll bring us a cat, you know, cash in at that point. So direct mail marketing is very unique to the fact that you can create exactly what you're looking for in your own business. How do you finance the deals? Again, we finance them in a number of different ways. For example, we buy properties that are free and clear without mortgages. And so that's creative financing with the seller. So those will be seller financed. Sometimes we wholesale a property so we don't have to worry about where the money is coming from. I use private lenders in my business. And I actually have a direct mail campaign that is very targeted actually toward attorneys. And those attorneys end up not only bringing us deals, but private lenders for our business. So that's very cool. So we use a lot of private lending in our business. Then we have folks that simply deed us the property for the balance of their mortgage. So the financing is already in place. So another thing that's very unique to direct mail marketing is that whether you need money like you need oxygen or whether you're holding properties, we have a variety of different ways for them to acquire deals, even if you don't have much money to work with right now. Can you walk through the example of deeding the property to you and just kind of give us a case study for that? Absolutely. Actually, this is one of my very favorite deals. Not too terribly long ago, we had a seller contact us and his house had been vacant for over a year. This was a divorce situation. He took off, she took off, and the house had been sitting empty for almost a year. Seller called us from one of our letters, and he said, you know, please take my house. I'll deed it to you. I've got the keys sitting right here. Seriously, that's the way the conversation went. 
And so obviously that's the kind of motivated seller that I want to deal with. And he simply deeded us that home for the balance of his mortgage. The house was worth $337,000. His mortgage balance was 197 and the home needed about 30000 in rehab. We cleaned up the house really, really well, and we ended up selling that home at a discounted price without doing any of the rehab for $275,000. And we ended up with a check for $51,500 on that particular deal, simply because the owner of that home deeded us that home. And why are they at that point? And kind of, I know you'd have to kind of be in their shoes to answer the question, why would they do that versus find a way to, to get a wholesaler or something? Like, what's the circumstance behind that? Well, most sellers don't understand about wholesaling and things like that. So we come across sellers, for example, a deal I, I'm closing on next week. The seller contacted me and she inherited the home. It was her mom's home. There's a pretty good-sized mortgage on the home. It needs a roof. It needs an electrical upgrade. It needs, you know, it needs some, like, major kinds of things that we can do. And there's enough money there for me to make a decent paycheck. So she's simply deeding us the home for the balance of that mortgage because she doesn't know what else to do. And she'll get a little bit of cash from us at the time we sell the home. And then my crew will go in there and they will finish that rehab and then we'll put that house on the market to retail it. And then I had another lady who, who deeded us a home for the balance of her mortgage and she had reached her 40th birthday and she decided to go to India and find herself, seriously. <laughs> she wanted to be done with all responsibility. She wanted no responsibility for anything. And so she just simply deeded us the home for the balance of the mortgage and walked away. So people walk away for a variety of different reasons. What type of paperwork is involved when you are deeded a property? There's quite a bit of paperwork that's involved. There's a deed. There's the assignments. Actually, we, we buy these homes in land trusts. Why do you buy it in the land trust? We buy the home in a land trust because we don't want to alert the mortgage company that the home has been sold at that point. And then also because we're, we're taking over the mortgage, we're paying the mortgage, and frankly, I don't like owning homes in my own name anyway. And so basically, it's a protection for us. We buy most of our homes in land trusts. And so there's the affidavit of no liens. So there's quite a bit of paperwork that's involved in doing a subject, what we call a subject to package. If you buy it through a land trust and it doesn't trigger to the mortgage company that the home's been sold, does that go against the original mortgage documents that say that that person's on the hook for the mortgage? Yes. The person is always responsible for the mortgage. The mortgage stays in their name. They are simply deeding you that home, but the mortgage stays in the seller's name. So it doesn't affect your credit at all. And of course, being the investors of integrity that we are, we've actually improved people's credit by continuing to make their mortgage payments on time where they probably weren't. So we actually improve people's mortgage. And I'm sure you get the question for someone who is about to deed you a property or considering it, the question of, well, what happens if you don't make the payments? What are my, what's my course of action? And we tell them that the home would go to foreclosure. But once again, when generally when a person deeds us a home, they're already in a situation where they can't continue to make the mortgage payment themselves. So they're kind of between a rock and a hard place. So when we take over that mortgage and we continue to make those mortgage payments for them, we're giving them debt relief. You know, and, and that's awesome. And we're continuing to improve their credit score because where the payments were late or not being paid, we are you know, either catching them up or continuing to make those payments in a timely manner. And so it helps to improve their credit scores. 
You ready for the best ever lightning round, Kathy? Sure. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Crowdfunding. You've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space, and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's P-A-T-C-H-O-F-L-A-N-D.com forward slash best ever. One of our past best ever guests, Josh Cantwell, you can check out his episode in uh, episode JF156. It's titled Discover the Hidden Rules of Raising Private Money. Well, he has been nice enough to offer the best ever listeners a free guide that is the 55 simple ways to find real estate deals. So if you're struggling to find great real estate deals to flip, to rehab, to buy and hold, or to wholesale, you can end all of your frustration and you can get these 55 proven strategies for finding these smoking hot deals in your market. And this is all free. I've gone to uh, this website and downloaded it myself and uh, read through it. And I've learned uh, many things from this um, on just kind of helpful tips to uh, get more deals. Um, so you can go to 55simpleways.com forward slash Joe. That's 55simpleways.com forward slash Joe and get this guide called the 55 Proven Strategies for Finding Deals. And again, it's free. It's, it's really no-brainer. Go grab it, and um, you're going to learn something. I promise you that. 55simpleways.com forward slash Joe. Kathy, what's the best ever book you've read? best ever book that I've ever read is The Venus Approach to Real Estate Investing, which is actually a book I was part of. But it's written for women, by women, and it's a woman's point of view on real estate investing. And almost all of the income from that book goes to Habitat for Humanity, so I'm pretty proud of that. Best ever personal growth experience, and what did you learn from it? That would be the first house we ever bought. We had no idea what we were doing when we bought that house. But we decided that we were going to jump in with both feet because we wanted to get our first deal done. We did all the rehabs, the rehab ourselves. We made every mistake possible, including underestimating the repair costs, underestimating the time it was going to take to finish the property, buying it in the wrong part of town. But to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't trade that experience for anything in the world because at this point, there's not a house out there that scares me anymore. <laughs> And honestly, I still own that very first house, and the tenant that moved in when we were finished still lives in that house 17 years later. And that particular house was featured about two years ago with some others on an episode of HGTV called What's Up With This House. So we thought that was pretty cool, and we were pretty proud of that. Have you increased the rent over those 17 years? Absolutely. We use a lease that auto-renews, and so it auto-renews at 5% every year. So absolutely. So what was the rent when they moved in and what's the rent now? Oh gosh, the rent when they moved in was like 700 a month and they're at 995 now. What's the best ever deal you've done? The best ever deal that I've ever done was a professional baseball player's house. Long story short, he was a pitcher for a major league baseball team, sustained a shoulder injury, career over. The house was 13,000 square feet, six bedrooms, 11 bathrooms, pool, jacuzzi, sauna, weight room, trophy room, two and a half kitchens, two-story game room, absolutely amazing. The home was worth $1.2 million, but it needed extensive repairs. And this one came from our expired listing mailing. 
We bought that home for $650,000. We did $80,000 in rehab to it. We sold it for a million dollars cash to an out-of-state buyer. Because sometimes enough is just enough, and we ended up with a paycheck of over $100,000 on that deal. And sometimes you just need a trophy room, so I understand that too. (laughs) (laughs) What's the best ever project you're most excited about right now? Well, the best ever thing that I am really excited about right now is our current market. I have students all over the country and coaching students that I work with every single day. And right now, there are so many deals out there right now that it's crazy. We're doing a bunch of deals right now here in Florida, and my coaching students are getting the same kind of results all over the country. So direct mail marketing is working better than ever, and I'm really, really excited about that. And I'm really excited to sit back and watch what my students are doing all over the country and and how many deals that they're doing. Best ever way you like to give back. Well, I am a huge proponent of working with our local food banks, so that's one of the big ways that I like to give back. And as you know, I also have the opportunity to travel around the country and teach folks how to do what I do in my personal business every day, and that's really rewarding for me. And then I also have a coaching program, and I love helping my students become really successful in their own businesses. And I got to tell you, some of the stories that I hear from my coaching students and the letters that I get are so heartwarming for me, and it just absolutely makes my day every day. So I think that's just amazing. What would you say is the biggest mistake you've made in real estate? The biggest mistake I've ever made in real estate is procrastination. Folks, that's the biggest bad thing. (laughs) I spent a whole year after being introduced to real estate investing, coming up with every way why it wouldn't work or why I couldn't get started right now. I listened to the naysayers who were broker than I was. And so what I can simply say is jump in with both feet, start your marketing campaigns, figure out the rest as you go along. When we finally got off our duff and got that first deal done, after that, the rest of it was easy. So I think procrastination is is a real big evil for a lot of folks, you know, sitting back and just not moving forward. What's the best ever place to reach you? Okay, the best way to contact me is through my website, which is www.marketingmagiclady.com. So www.marketingmagiclady.com. Or they can call our office directly, which is 941-792-5390. Kathy, thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your marketing insights and techniques. As you said, we all need three to five different marketing techniques employed at the same time. Really interesting to go through some of the ones that you talked through already. Obviously, direct mail, your bread and butter, and then also flyers where you lay flyers on doors. So you basically have a local team in place going door to door, sponsorships in the area. You said providing balloons and a parade or maybe sponsoring teams, having apparel, so having something on your shirt. Um, That seems to be a common theme, at least recently, with a couple best ever guests where the other best ever guests, she had a name tag and she wore it everywhere. And now her, her real estate brokerage is number one in Alabama and 24, 42 in the United States, according to the Wall Street Journal giving out candy and having something to say, let's make a sweet deal. And then targeting certain companies like mortgage companies, storage facilities, unemployment offices, title companies, and partnering with them, doing banners, auction companies that are auctioning off all sorts of stuff and their specialty is not homes. So they know who to go to, to get a fee, working with all of your vendors, 
from roofing companies to cable companies to pest controls to cleaning to survey companies and cutting them a check for four to $500 if you buy a property that they find for you and then having a tenant referral program. And then also the deeding of property. I know that was kind of a minor point that we discussed, but I think it's pretty interesting technique as well. Not a marketing technique, but a, a strategy for how to exit or enter into a deal. So thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your advice. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much.